Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. Hallelujah, right? Uh, that Sunday with Tim Green is going to be a Sunday morning and a Sunday night service. Uh, so we're excited about what the Lord's going to do uh, that day. Look, won't it help if I get my notes up here? So... Um, this morning, it was really funny because this morning, uh, part of my Bible reading was Psalm 121. And man, I just got so taken with it. And I just started like journaling and making all these notes. And this led to that and that led to this. And it took all this time. And I thought, dang, that's like a whole sermon. And then right about noon, Donovan said, you're not going to believe this. I have to leave. I have to go to St. Louis. You have to speak tonight. And I was like, you know what? You are one blessed man. The Lord must like you. (laughs) That's how it happened. Thus, here I am. But you know what? I am excited. Here's the deal. It blessed me this morning. I hope it blesses you, right? I know it's going to bless Thomas because I've got him on the ball tonight. I've got him on the ball. So tonight, I do want to look at Psalm 121. And it is, if when you look at the subtitle, it's uh, called, it's one of the songs of ascent. Okay? Now, um, actually, Psalm 120 through 137, there are 15 psalms that are in the songs of ascent. And it's interesting, Psalm 120 is the first one. And the guy... Uh, uh, the, the writer is saying like all these people like the songs of ascent are written by a person uh, different individuals and uh, sung believed to be sung by people and individuals on their way it was a pilgrimage when you were on your way from whatever country you were in or wherever you were to Jerusalem for Passover you, they would sing these songs of ascent they're ascending to Jerusalem, they're ascending to the temple, and these are the songs they sang, and it's interesting to note, uh, 120, the first one, he literally is complaining, he was like, Lord, there are physical enemies, like he names a couple of different nationalities, they're after me, they're out to get me, Uh, you got to protect me, you got to protect me from these people, I'm passing through their land, they're physically after me, you got to protect me, and you will protect me. And so that's how the songs of ascent start off. It's interesting. And so this is just song number two. I'm just going to look at song number two. I find it fascinating. And so um, there is some history in that. Uh, Song number two. And um, verses one and two. There's only eight verses in the chapter. So have no fear. This is a short lesson. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, he just started on his journey, and he's already one of those people that asks a question and answers his own question. There's some anxiety there. Who who does that? I do it. I literally do it out loud in the store. I'm that person, right? Right? Here he is, 
And so, like I said, most scholars agree that this person, this writer is on a pilgrimage, on his way to Jerusalem. And uh, the mountains that he's lifting his eyes to are not just figurative and spiritual, they are literal. I have like a four-second video. I videoed this on a mountain in Israel, looking over Jerusalem. It's coming. Wait for it. Wait. There, there it is. Jerusalem's right over there. See it? See the mountains? I did that. That's Stand in awe of my video skills. I don't know who she is. <laughs> there really are mountains and hills all around Jerusalem. And so he's saying, I'm lifting my eyes uh, to the hills. That's where my help comes from. Uh, and my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, the singer is still far from his destination. But he's not far from Jehovah. Jehovah's with him. And God's with us on this journey. I haven't arrived. I obviously haven't arrived like physically. I'm still here, right? I haven't arrived spiritually. I'm not the person I want to be yet. I'm not the person totally that God's called me to be yet. I'm on a journey, right? I'm on a journey physically, literally, and I'm on a journey spiritually. I haven't arrived, and even though I haven't arrived, the destination's out there. God is with me on this journey. He's still with me. And um, he, he, let me see here. God, ver, let's look at verses 3 and 4. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now, what's slumber and sleep? He won't do either one because they seem like the same word. But the word slumber speaks, uh, the word sleep means what it says it means. It means sleep. He doesn't go to sleep. But slumber means, um, it speaks of a person who's kind of drowsy. Uh, and the, the, the deeper meaning is because they're lazy. We have a God who cares. We have a God who's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He's not slack concerning his promises to us, right? I don't deserve that. I'm still on a journey. I haven't arrived in any way. Yet he is still not slack concerning his promises to me, to you. He's, he's not slumbering. We already know he's not sleeping, but know this, he's not slumbering. You know, there are religions that, that their God is almost like a, um, they're cruel. It's like a cruel thing. Like if you're good in this life, if you do enough deeds here, you can come back as a fly. And then you can evolve to a cat or a dog, and uh, boy, you don't want to be a dog in some countries, name, they'll eat you, and then, you know, it, you know, ultimately, hallelujah, you'll come back as a cow, when I see a cow now, I'm just thinking, that would be a good rug, that wouldn't be a good rug, <laughs> I just see decor, <laughs> but in some countries, they see like, oh, wow, he's evolved, he made it all the way back as a cow, that is so cruel to, to be stuck, hung up on worshiping a God like that. Our God doesn't slumber. 
He cares. He cares. The Lord is our sure foundation as, as we pursue his word and his will for our lives. Now, I want you to think about this. The person that wrote this psalm is in a covenant with God. And he is walking, but he's, walk, he's walking in the direction God wants him to walk. He's not perfect, but he's heading that way. He's like, God, I got, in, I got enemies outside. I got enemies inside. I got enemies above. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing. You see my heart. And when that's your position, that's where you're walking, you got access to the promises of God. But if that's not, then you don't. And neither do your lost friends and family around you. And if you believe that, you'd be witnessing to them and telling them if you really believed it. If you really believed it. And so this guy, he's on a mission. He's on a mission. And so um, the Hebrew word for watches over means not only to keep, that's the King James, but it also means to preserve. That gave me a thought. Hang on. If y'all missed our last cooking group, y'all missed a group. What are you laughing at, mother? Here's the green beans. In our last cooking home group, we canned green beans. Okay, so if I would have just put these green beans in the fridge... They would have lasted three to five days, right? Something like that. But because I put them in a jar and put 20 pounds of pressure on them for 40 minutes. 20 pounds of pressure for 40 minutes. Well, the U.S. government says if I did it right, they'll for sure last a year. But that's just the U.S. government. I'll stop there. There are many websites that say they'll last up to five years, and there's a few freaks that say it'll last forever. I said freaks. 20 pounds of pressure for 40 minutes. For sure we got a year, because I know we did it right, didn't we? We did it right. I, I don't doubt it. 20 pounds of pressure for 40 minutes. God can take your adversity, your pressure during the journey, the hot water you find yourself in for prolonged periods of time. All you went through growing up, all you didn't go through growing up. Everyone that stayed, everyone that left, the pressure. And he can use it to develop you. It's a process. It's a journey. It's a song of ascent. Ascent, it's like walking up. It's leg day. You know the burn? Walking. When, you know, like the, I'm past the crackle. I'm to the burn. Uh, when you set the treadmill, I try so hard. Those were invented for prisoners originally. I'm just going to say that. I read it, and I believe it. The Internet said it, and it's so. Those were invented for prisoners. They had to be. And I try to angle it up as much as I can, but, oh, it starts burning so bad. A song of ascent, the pressure 
is on. I'm trying to make it, right? I'm headed to Jerusalem. I'm headed to the temple. I'm headed the, the way God wants me to go. Then I'm walking uphill. But this psalm is about a God who keeps us forever. We can't really even, I mean, I'm just going to say for me, it's really so hard to grasp the concept of eternity, to think that we don't even see the real each other. This is just like a suit of clothes, and the real us is hidden inside, but whatever that real us is, it will live forever somewhere. It will, we will never die. Some version of you and me will live forever. And when we meditate on that concept and we hold that up, and in the other hand, we hold up our problems, our fears, our distractions, our temptations, they really won't compare if we could just keep it in perspective. We're, we're walking, we're, we're, we're trying to, we're singing a song of ascent as we walk uphill the right way. It's, it's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, verse 5. The Lord watches over you. Everyone say, the Lord watches over me. It's so easy for an enemy to believe he's watching over Russell. He cares about Charlene. Who wouldn't care about Charlene? She's just naturally sweet. But the Lord watches over me. That's, that's sometimes hard to believe. You know, but he truly does watch over each of us individually. Logan, are you talking at church? <laughs> about me not being sweet? <laughs> The Lord is your shade at your right hand. And what's our part in that? Well, that made me think of Psalm 16 and 8. Okay, ponder this. Psalm 16 and 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So the question to ask is, what's my focus? What do I have my eyes on, physically and spiritually? That's a, always a good question to ask yourself. Our part is to keep our focus on God, on his word. And that keeps us in a position to receive his promises and his blessing. The right hand is always a place of power and reliance. I'm sorry for all you left-handed people. But figuratively, that's what the right hand usually, usually means in the Bible. Sometimes it's a direct reference to Christ himself. But always it, it speaks to strength and power. When you lean on him, he shades you. When you lean on him... He shades you. Think about Jonah. Jonah didn't deserve that shade. He crawled up there and wanted to watch those Ninevites burn like ants under a, a, a magnifying glass. And he was so mad when they didn't. But you know what? The Lord gave him shade and used it to teach him a lesson and make him a better person. It's not about do I deserve the shade. When I lean on the Lord, I get the shade. When you lean on the Lord, you get shade. So, verse 6 says, The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, this is really the whole verse that attracted me to this whole thing this morning. You know, we sing that song about this. 
Uh, the sun is the obvious harm, right? Now, as Christians, when you say sun, this is what I think of. What do I think of, Thomas? That's it. It's a sunny day. Ah, oh, it's great to be a believer. God is so good. Hallelujah. How are you doing today? I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. Um, but sometimes this is what the sun is really like. Ah, oh, I'm a Christian. It's a sunny day. It's a sunny day. Aren't you glad the sun's out, Judy? Look, it's a sunny day. There, there you are, dying in the desert. <laughs> it's such a, so nice the sun's out. The sun is the obvious harm. The sun, the sun will not harm you. The, some suffering's just obvious, right? Uh, I was trying to think of a good example. I was trying to think of a really stressful, obvious time in my life. When we lived in Maryland, we pastored there for five years. We actually moved there, and we started a church. And so uh, there were no cell phones yet, not that we could afford. Um, yeah, we were poor. We were real poor. We, money was so tight. And so here's what Donovan would do. He would give me cash. Let's say $100. It was always, you know, some horrible amount like that, Janet, like, a hundred bucks and um I had the kids there were three yeah and I homeschooled them all my choice but there I was right and so I would have to go to the grocery store with just a very specific amount of money and three kids and so I'm not a math major I was never made to be a math major I'll just put that out there okay and so I, there were no cell phones. And, like, I just couldn't do the calculator thing. And I got three kids. And, oh, my Lord, when I tell you, they would be knocking stuff. The cereal boxes would fall like dominoes. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about the cans. They loved the paper towel roll. I'll let you guess why. Um, they were horrible. They just looked at the grocery store as like playtime. And you know what? I was so stressed about like, I, I hated getting up to the counter and having to put stuff back because she went over. Because it, it, like, it would always be some like idiot and they would be like, I need a manager on off. I, like, it was just humiliating. You know, I just hated it. So it was this whole like cycle of death in my mind. And I had, I would just look haggard. I would, it got to the point where I would just get a, just a nauseating headache. Every time I went to the grocery store, the kids were going wild. I looked like death. I didn't bother to dress them very nice because God only knows what they were going to spill. You know, I, it was just terrible. And so it was obvious to everyone I was suffering. It, it really was. Uh, like, Yeah. It was bad. I was, that's like suffering out loud, right? It came to the point where I just told Donovan, if you want to eat, like you're going to have to grocery shop because I'm never going back in there with the children. Like it's over. But it took me a while to get to that point to say it. I don't know why. It just did. And so there I was uh, suffering uh, out loud, right? The pressure, the sickness, pain, not enough money, relationship problems. Yeah, 
It's a bright, sunny day here at being a Christian, right? It's just a bright, sunny day. God is our protection day and night through all the distresses. Think about God leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, a cloud or shade by day and a pillar of fire by night. Psalm 91, 1 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter, ponder that word, shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Okay, when you study that out, shelter is a direct reference to the temple. I'm talking about you getting some shade and some comfort. Okay? That is a direct reference to the, to the temple. This writer of Psalm 121 is writing as he's on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, the temple, probably to celebrate Passover. And so how does that apply to us today? If we want these blessings, we better find ourselves in the church. We better love the church. The church better be your life. It better be God, your family, the church. Because according to the Bible, that would be the New Testament as well. The church is your family. According to the Bible, that would be the New Testament. We can judge how much you love the Lord by how much you love, not lost people, saved people, the church. How can you show them love if you're not there to love them? Now, I know I'm preaching to the Wednesday night choir. You guys like are all like once saved, always saved right here. But I'm just saying, the church, it's, gonna, it's such a temptation to neglect gathering, isn't it? It's so convenient to stay home. David said in Psalm 73, 2, at the start of the chap, chapter, he said, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. And he rambled on all the way down to verse 17. And he said, until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood. Okay, understood. Put a line there to fill in your own blank. It's okay if you're slipping. Come on to church. In time, you'll understand. Whatever it is you and God need to understand. He, he's going to help you. But the, that promise is found in the church. That promise is found among us. Think about it right now. Just look around the room. Who in this room has been a blessing to you? There's probably some of them been a blessing and you've never even told them. They, they greeted you one, one Wednesday or Sunday or said something kind to you. or Who knows what it is, but it, you saw them worshiping or heard a prayer they prayed and it blessed you. That's the family of God. That's, that is, that's part of the shelter of the Most High God. That's what this guy was trying to ascend to, the shelter of the Most... That's what he's on his way to. He's on his way to the temple in Jerusalem. And I'm telling you right now, this is a shelter. This is a shelter. I'm glad it doesn't look like an ugly shelter anymore. I'm glad it looks like a nicer shelter. But even when it was ugly, it was still a shelter. It was a shelter. Uh, so let me see here. 
oh, I got to pick. Donovan and I had a debate. He quoted this last Wednesday, and I told him he, he got the wrong author. And so he thinks his guy said it first, but I think this guy said it first, so we don't know. He who does not have the church as his mother does not have God as his father. I'm going with St. Augustine. He went with some other guy. You'll have to listen again to last week to see who he said. But it's certainly, uh, it's certainly uh, worth, worth repeating. And so, so I get it. The sun can do you harm. Kind of strange. When we were younger, we couldn't hardly get a sunburn. Now, that's not the story. Now the sun can do harm. I don't know why. Things change, right? Life is cruel. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but the moon, I mean, the sun, the pressure blazes down and it burns you out. But the moon, when you study it out, this is a reference to superstition and fear. I have a pic of a, what a moonlit night is supposed to look like. There it is. There's, my, there's me as a believer on a moonlit night. Nothing to fear. I don't got nothing going on in my head. I'm all good, <laughs> right? But then I got my own hang-ups. You have your own hang-ups. Don't look at me like you don't have hang-ups because everybody's got their own personal hang-ups. And I could share my hang-ups with you and you'd say, why don't you just get over that? Yeah, go ahead and tell me yours. And I'll say the same thing to you. But when they're yours, when the devil custom makes fears, especially fit for you. It's a little different, isn't it? Fits like a glove. Fits like a glove. So this is what it looks like sometimes. Moon's out. Here he comes. <laughs> My fears personally made for me. Personally made to torture me, to keep me awake at night, to bother me. Uh, I don't want to share it. It's weird. You won't understand it because the devil custom made it for me. You see what I'm talking about? Custom made. Uh, yeah, custom made for me. Uh, Webster defines superstition as a belief or an action. So something you think or something you do that stems from ignorance Fear of the unknown or trust in luck or chance. Not chance, but chance. Right? Lies the devil specifically created for you and me. They're, they're hard. They're hard. Hard to let go of. Hard to overcome. And here's the deal. That's the thing. Because the thing is, I don't have to go to the grocery store with 100 bucks anymore. Of course, I had to get a job. But I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't have to go to the grocery store with just $100 anymore, right? But these kind of fears, they just like, like you think you're over it for a while. And then it snuck back up on you like you didn't even realize it snuck right back. Because it just fits you like a glove. It was just custom made for you. The moon. That's, that's the moon. That's what he said. Well, what did he say here? He said, uh, where'd that verse go? The 
The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. How can the moon harm me at night? It just sounds crazy. It doesn't even make sense. In the New Testament, this would be Ephesians 6. The fiery darts of the devil. Tailor-made, arrows tailor-made just for me and just for you. But how did the writer of Paul, the writer of Ephesians, tell us to overcome that faith? Now, faith, here's the thing. It's not just like, I had someone tell me today, oh, yeah, I, I know God can heal me. And I'm not, I'm just saying, it's one thing for me, oh, yeah, God can, God can do anything. Yeah, that's not faith. To believe that God can do anything is not necessarily the faith. That's not the faith. I'm talk, that's not the fiery dart fighting faith right there. It's not enough to believe he can. you got to believe he will. He wants to. Then you have to think like he wants to, specifically. you got to talk like he wants to. So that means that if you come up here for prayer and we pray for you, and you believe the word because the word says, call for the elders of the church, lay hands, they'll be healed. But then you go away and post on Facebook that you are sick as a dog and don't mention anything about the Lord healing you. That's not that You're not walking, talking, thinking, acting like you got faith. It's my favorite faith story. Don't tell me you're believing for a washer and dryer if your washroom's full of junk. If you really believed the Lord would provide, you'd have it cleaned out. You'd already have those attachments ready to go. You'd have, it, you'd have the space ready. That's what faith does. Faith just doesn't believe, oh, yeah, God can do it. Sure, the devil believes that. But the devil doesn't walk, talk, and think like he's about to do it. That's what we do. That's what we do. And so, yeah, forget those custom-made clothes. How about those custom-made fiery darts, right? Hmm, I don't have any custom-made clothes, but custom-made fiery darts, we got plenty of those, don't we? Uh, verse 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He watches over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This is a song of promise sung by a pilgrim traveling through a strange land on his way to do God's will. And the sun, the obvious, that can't take him out. The moon, the hidden fears, the hidden hang-ups. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Can't get him. Can't get him. You know, for the last few years, sometimes I'll get hives. I'll get to, like, have these hive episodes. And here's what's strange about it. You can't really see it, which, I mean, I'm thankful for that. It doesn't really show, but I can feel it. Oh, it itches, and it burns so bad. It itches, and it burns. And I'll say, oh, my word, Donovan. It gets on my forehead a lot, and I'll start scratching. He'll say, well, babe, I don't see anything. Just quit scratching it. I'll say, hey, Mr. Sensitive, 
you can't, you can't see it, but I can feel it. You want him to repent now or when I give the... <laughs> and I'll say, oh, I can't quit scratching it. And he'll literally say, babe, I don't see anything. Quit scratching. I'm like, you know, I can't. like, it's the moon. Like, it's hidden. You can't see it. But it's itching and it's burning from the inside out so bad. But the Lord will keep you from all harm, sun and moon, obvious and not so obvious. He will watch over your life. Hey, this life and the life to come. When you line up with his word, when you're born again of water and spirit, He's going to watch over your life from here right on out the door to the next life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I love that. This promise is comprehensive. That's an insurance word. Your all-powerful God has you going out. And coming in from now and forever. That reminds me of Deuteronomy 28 and 6. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed in your, when you go out. I believe that so much, I bought the doormat. Did I buy the doormat, Thomas? That's my doormat to my garage. See how that's going into the house. So see, when I'm going into the house, I'm blessed coming in. I am blessed going out. That's what you see when you walk out the door into the garage. Get it? It's upside down. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. If you stay in line with his covenant, if you put yourself in a position to receive from him. Here's the deal. God's always speaking. God's always doing. God's always pouring out. So why not me? Why not me? Why not me? Well, I gotta put I gotta put my heart in a position to receive that. Right? If I'm over in the pig pen, what I got is corn husks until I repent and come to myself. But then when I run on over to the father's house, that's where I get the ring, the robe, the credit card. I got it all going on. I put myself physically and spiritually in a position to receive. So you can't just open the book and say, oh, here's a promise. This is mine. No, 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 no. This is a song of ascent. Uh, are you trying to walk up higher? Uh, are you trying? God knows your heart. It's only God you answer to. Are you trying to walk up higher? Then you are in a position to receive these promises, to be a part of these promises. We are blessed coming into this church. And we are blessed when we go out from here. Because here we are. We're, we're, just, we're just trying to get better together. That's what a family's supposed to do. We're just trying to get better together. Right? Let's stand up right now. It's just uh, 20 pounds of pressure for 40 minutes. Oh, let me see. Sabrina, no, you weren't at that group. Who was at that group? Angie, you can have this tonight. Although I still owe your friend one. 
everyone that came, yeah. No one hardly wanted to wait the whole 40 minutes. And then when it comes out, it's got to lay on its side for 12 to 24 hours. Did you know that if you lay it on its side, the green beans will stay at the bottom and not float to the top? I read that online too. And it worked. <laughs> it's got to be true. 20 pounds of pressure for 40 minutes. What's the pressure doing to you? What are You get to decide. God's got some promises of what he wants to do with it. But you get to decide what it makes you. Oh, because unforgiveness is going to lead to bitterness. And bitterness is going to lead to deception. And then you're going to be lost. What a great word Sienna had on Sunday. What a powerful word she had. What's the pressure doing to you? If you quit walking, it's an uphill walk sometimes. I know it. But don't quit. It's a narrow way. Duh, is is that not a newsflash? It's a narrow way. Many are going to fall away in the last day. People are going to get worse. Did I write this myself? Are you surprised? People are going to stab you in the back. So you're going to be walking uphill with knives hanging out of your back. Hey, did, didn't Jesus said, look what they do to me. They're going to do it to you. Surprise. You read that before you believe. It's not like it came later. You know, like insurance. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you didn't walk into this blindly. What's the pressure doing to you? Has it made you religious? Can't you just smell religion? It stinks. Like when you pass those pig farms on the interstate, you can smell it all the way. Religious people, you can just smell the stench. They're just, they're just waiting to hurt you. Can't trust them as far as you could throw them. It's coming. What's the pressure doing, though? You're going to know what you're going to do, though? You're going to forgive them. Religious people killed Jesus. Surprise! That's who killed Jesus. So you're going to quit coming to church because people did you wrong? What did the Bible say? You didn't believe it when you started? I'm going to let the pressure push me on up the hill The song of while I sing the songs of ascent. I, I, it's going to make me a better person. You know what? I'm going to last. I'm going to last as long as that freakish website says these can last. I'm going to last. They're not getting me or my green beans. I'm going to last. It's not getting me. Hey, don't let it get you. Come, let's come to the front right now. Let's raise our hands and, and say, God, I, 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 com- I recommit myself to you. I, I cleanse my heart. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.